Good evening and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. And tonight our topic is animal-assisted therapy and our guest is Joanne Turnbull, the Director of Marketing for the Delta Society. Joanne spent 23 years in the corporate world before following her heart to the nonprofit sector. With a deep desire to help others and a lifelong love of animals, she knew the Delta Society was a perfect fit. Today she has a four-year-old Maltese Bichon mix who she rescued, and they're hoping to become animal therapy partners themselves next year. In 1977, the Delta Society was founded by a veterinarian and a psychologist who had observed in their own practices that pets had a positive effect on their human patients. Today, the Delta Society is an international nonprofit organization focused on building awareness and empowering people to interact with companion, therapy, and service animals as a way to improve their own health and well-being, as well as the health of others in their community. That's an amazing journey for your organization in the last three decades. It has been an amazing journey. Back in the 1970s, animals were really considered kind of luxury items, and people didn't necessarily have the respect for them that they do today. So our founders had experienced with their own human clients that their animals were improving their own lives, but there wasn't any research done. So they wanted to form an organization to fund some of the first research that now proves that Animals can help lower our blood pressure, reduce stress levels, stimulate the release of endorphins, which, of course, make us feel good, and many other studies that have been done to really show that animals truly are vital partners in our own health and well-being. The Delta Society developed the Pet Partners Program, the first comprehensive standardized training in animal-assisted activities and therapy for volunteers and healthcare professionals. How many people and pets are registered in the program today? Currently, we have about 10,000 people with their pets who are registered. They represent people in all 50 of the United States, as well as we have a few people in 13 other countries. Your website lists both animal-assisted activities and also animal-assisted therapy. Can you explain the difference? Absolutely. That's a great question. Animal-assisted activities is pretty much what we would consider like a meet and greet where the person takes their animal in to maybe visit a person who's in a hospital or visit a senior in a nursing home. And it's just really going there, saying hi, having the animal be the conduit to conversation. And through that effort, there's a lot of therapeutic benefits. The patient may talk for the first time. Being able to pet the animal is relaxation, and it can actually bring their vital signs down to more healthier levels. So it's pretty much we consider that kind of like a meet-and-greet activity, where animal-assisted therapy is much more goal-directed. And the therapy animal team works side-by-side with a professional. And before they go and visit any person, they, with the professional, agree to certain goals that that visit is going to encounter and entail. And once they do their visit, then afterwards they go and they actually chart the results of that therapy session in the person's permanent record. So it's much more goal-directed and very specific to that individual. So some examples of animal-assisted therapy may be working with a physical therapist who is working with, we'll say, a veteran who's come from war and lost a limb and needs to get up and walk for the first time and needs to get more weight on the leg that he has So they may call in a a therapy animal team and having the person stand up and kind of bend over to pet the dog or to brush the dog 
is more inviting and more interesting than just doing those types of exercises with weights or with a non you know a non animate object and the person will start to think about the dog and the fun of the presence of that being and that way they're not necessarily maybe not feeling as much of the pain that they're encountering while they're trying to work those new muscles or trying to do that balancing exercise. So they're getting the same therapeutic effects, but it's in a much more enjoyable experience and much more motivating experience. And the animal-assisted therapy situation, does working with the animal help them focus on the animal and kind of take away some of their own self-awareness of their own health issues? It absolutely can. So we encounter many times, for instance, I'll stick with mobility, where somebody may need to get up and walk and they haven't walked, you know, since their surgery or whatever the situation is, and they need to be able to do that. And every time a nurse or a therapist comes in and asks them to get up, no, I can't do it, I can't do it. But then when all of a sudden somebody comes in with a dog and says, would you like to walk the dog down the corridor? all of a sudden their focus goes away from themselves, goes away from the pain that they may experience, goes away from what the trauma is that they're thinking about, and they're going to a place where it's a much more normal activity, and they're like, sure, I'll get up and try to walk, and they take that dog down the hallway. (laughs) So it is a way to focus on another being, focus on something that's enjoyable while still benefiting yourself. Do you know what some of the other health benefits from interacting with an animal might be? There's a lot of different benefits. For instance, being a little bit more social. There's been studies with seniors who have a pet. They tend to get out in the community more. And it may be if they have a dog, but they're actually walking the dog. And by doing that, they run into their neighbors and their friends, and they start conversing with them. So you can actually see an increase in exercise as well as an increase in social activities by having a pet with you. There's also can be a little bit more sense of self-confidence that can be garnered from having an animal in your life. And we see this a lot with children and reading programs, for instance, where a child may not have enough self-confidence to read aloud in public or in their school or in their classroom setting. But when they're asked to read to the dog, they're more than welcome. They love to do it because the dog's non-judgmental. It's a safety zone, and so as they start gaining their reading skills by doing that, then they build their own self-confidence, which takes them much further in their life. And there's been different studies that have been done, and kids actually, not only their reading skills, but their self-confidence goes up within, it can be a six, you know, ten-week program. Therapy animals help people of all ages, from small children to elderly in nursing homes, don't they? They absolutely do. So, and it's not only the people, the patients that they help, but they also help families who are visiting patients and staff members as well. So we've got teams who go into pediatric care units. I'll give you an example of one team who, or several teams, that they actually work with pediatric patients who are undergoing radiation treatment. And these young kids who have cancer have to go to this radiation treatment every day for six weeks. They're there at 7 a.m. for their appointment. And this particular facility, we have pet partner teams who greet the family and the child in the parking lot when they arrive, and then they walk into the room and walk them into the setting with the dog in hand. And the kids actually look forward (laughs) to going to these sessions, these radiation treatments, because they're going to see the doggy. And they know each day what doggy's going to be there. And we've had parents who have said it's actually turned something that 
normally would have been a very scary experience into a pleasant experience where it's easy to get their child up to get them into the treatment center that early in the morning because they know a doggie's going to be there and they're going to get to visit with them. And then the child also feels special because they know that only they are allowed to walk the doggie back. Some of the adult patients who are sitting in the waiting room aren't allowed to walk the dogs back. So it makes them feel extra special. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we work a lot of times with seniors and we have a lot of teams who go and visit people who have been put into assisted living care centers or nursing centers, and they may not have any family who visit them. And they shut down, and they don't talk to other people within this new place where they are living because they're feeling depressed and isolated and lonely. And so when a therapy animal team comes by and they're asked if they like to pet the dog or the cat or whatever the animal may be, the person may say, okay, and they'll start petting the dog, and then they'll start talking to the dog, and then they'll start sharing stories about their own dogs that they have, and the next thing you know, they're speaking with the handler, and then that's gotten them out of their shell, and then they're more likely to engage with others in the place where they now are living. A wide range of effects. Absolutely. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Now, not all of the dogs involved in the Pet Partners Program are fancy breeds with long, impressive bloodlines, are they? Not at all. We absolutely have purebred dogs and champions of the American Kennel Club are part of our Delta Society Pet Partners Program. But we also, about 30% of all the animals that are registered with us were rescued from a, or adopted, I should say, from a rescue organization or a shelter. Some of them, you know, are rescued when they're an adult and others, you know, from puppyhood. So the most important thing is that the animal just needs to like to be around people, is comfortable going to different environments, is not too shy and definitely not aggressive and or has any bite history. We can't accept people or animals in the program if they've had a previous bite history. So it's about their personality. What kind of training and preparation does a pet owner go through in order to take their pet to visit schools or nursing homes or rehabilitation centers? Well, with our program, what we do is we actually train the person, which most people are surprised. They think we're training the animal, but we train the person, and we have a 12-hour workshop that we ask new pet partners to go through. We talk about things such as infection control procedures, how to work with different types of populations, whether it's going to be children or seniors, how to maneuver your animal safely around uh, wheelchairs or IV lines or different things like that that you may not encounter every day. And another important element that we work with on training the human end of the leash is on how to recognize stress signals in their animal because it's very important to us that the animal enjoys this work as much as the person does. So we train the person. We let the person train their animal however they need to. And then we do an evaluation of the person with their animal. And it's a 22-part evaluation, both about skills as well as aptitude. And during our evaluation, another thing that people are often surprised to hear is that the evaluation is looking at both ends of the leash. We score both the person, how they're doing through each of the tests, and as well as the animal. 
And so once they pass the evaluation, have completed the workshop, or they could do a home study of the workshop if there's not a workshop near them. Then the animal also needs to have a health screening by their own veterinarian to make sure the animal is healthy, and then they can register with us. So who gets more out of this whole program, the animal, the owner, or the child or the patient that they're working with? I'd like to say it's pretty equal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, quite honestly, from all the different people that I have the honor of talking to, a lot of times, you know, people that will start this process and they think they're going out to really help, you know, the patients or the people that they're visiting, and soon they realize that it is so therapeutic for themselves, and it gives them a sense of purpose. And the rewards that they get from doing this work and helping another person, they almost think is more powerful than what they can give, where at the same time, you go and talk to people who have benefited from a visit of a pet partner, and even just bringing a smile to that person or that person's family for five minutes is just a glow. (laughs) We have a lot of people who have benefited from a visit and they actually end up becoming a pet partner themselves because they saw the benefits they had for their own family or their own self, and they wanted to now be able to take that to somebody else. And then the animals, they have to like this. If the animal doesn't like this, we don't want them out there doing that because, you know, it's got to be mutually beneficial. And there are many people that I talk to where their animal knows when they put on their therapy animal vest, they're going to work. And they are so excited when that vest is coming out because they know what they're going to do. And they love it as well. So they get rewarded for it. If someone wanted to become a pet partner with the Delta Society, what would they need to do? Well, the best thing to do is go to our website, which is www.deltasociety.org. And they can click on Explore Volunteering from the homepage. And from there, they can find a workshop near them. Or if there's not a workshop near them, they can also order the home study course to be able to do that. And they can also locate evaluators from the website. So we always recommend, you know, a lot of people like to first go to the website, look what the evaluation entails to see if their animal, you know, has the basic abilities to be able to, for dogs to be able to do a sit and a down that the dog is, or animal is comfortable with, you know, different people coming up and petting them or somebody kind of hitting them a little bit and running into them and the animal is not going to get too stressed or freaked out by that, but they'll be able to recover quickly. Part of the evaluation includes having loud noises and how does the animal react to a loud noise. So that can give you a good sense if your animal is going to be appropriate for this and what to work on and then... So once people kind of do that, then they tend to go and and find the workshop closest to them. I've heard that hospitals are beginning to allow trained therapy dogs to visit not only their owners but other patients because they've finally begun to understand that attitude and a positive spirit can really help healing. That's absolutely right. We have a lot of our pet partners who are now able to go into hospitals, and they're visiting patients on, you know, different floors and having profound effects. Also, just having the staff. I like to tell a story of, I've actually heard this from a couple of different people, but the one that comes to mind is this pet partner team had been visiting for two hours and then they were ready to leave. They were in the elevator and the doors opened and in came a doctor and the doctor, you know, looked at the dog, the doors closed and looked at the owner and said, do you mind if I pet him? And she said, of course not, that's what we're here for. doctor got down on his knees and just gave a big old bear hug to this golden retriever 
and just kind of sunk into him. And then when they got to the ground floor and the doors opened, the doctor looked over her and said, thank you so much. I really needed that. I just lost the patient in surgery. So not only do the patients get affected, but also the medical teams can have their nice little stress breaks and benefit from the therapy of the teams going in there, visiting in the hospitals as well. Dogs and cats aren't the only therapy animals today, are they? I mean, even miniature horses have been used now. They're not. You're right. We have miniature horses. We have a few llamas, rabbits, guinea pigs. We've got a pot-bellied pig. There's many different species of domesticated species that we can register, birds as well. And it's nice, especially going with seniors to senior homes, where sometimes a person may not consider themselves a dog person. So to be able to bring somebody in maybe with a cat or with a bird that they can relate to better is a real benefit, and we're always looking for people who can do this with other species. What are some of the ways that people can help support the Delta Society? The first thing is to be able to just help create awareness of what we're about, that we're out there, that animals do help improve our lives, and it's an important function. And if you can't be a pet partner, there's always ways to volunteer, whether assisting other pet partners in your area or being maybe you're able to help write stories or different things like that, as well as, of course, we always take financial contributions, through, and you can do that easily through our website as well. What's your favorite animal story? I think one of my favorites is of a dog who had been tortured by some gang members, and uh, he actually his ears fell off because he was abused so bad. They weren't cut off. They literally fell off. And he still has gang symbols that are carved into the side of his body. I mean, horrific story. The Humane Society was able to get him, and he had many different surgeries. And he has turned out to be such a loving dog, and he is now a pet partner. And one day they were in a hospital, and they were walking down the corridor, and a mom with a little boy in a wheelchair were coming the other way. And the boy just kind of looked a little bit, you know, wide-eyed. And so the pet partner said, don't worry, we're just going to stay here and we'll let you pass. And as the boy started getting closer, he, the mom pushing him, getting closer, he started looking at the dog a little bit. And so the handler started telling about Mikey's story and his surgeries and how he's now a therapy dog and helping people. And the little boy looked over at the dog and said, Mikey, are you okay? And that was the first time that little boy had spoken since he'd been in the hospital and he had actually been on his way to speech therapy to try to learn how to speak again. And after he said, Mikey, are you okay? All of a sudden the little boy started talking and telling Mikey the dog all about his surgeries that he had because he was able to relate to this dog who had overcome certain things that he could relate to with his own surgeries and his own scars. So there's Thousands and thousands of them, and I just feel so honored to be in this position where I get to meet so many pet partners and hear their stories and hear stories from others who have benefited from visits, and it's very rewarding work. Joanna, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about animal-assisted therapy today. Oh, thank you. Anyone wanting to learn more about service or therapy animals and health should check out the Delta Society website at www.deltasociety.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back again next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. 
please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.